Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. And this is how we're going to start the podcast this time around. Normally you get my high energy and my enthusiasm and my everybody welcome in. It's the Hoopball Clippers podcast. But man, this is a bad, bad day to record a podcast. And uh, we're going to do it. We're going to do it after the Clippers blow another one and shades of 2015. And we're not going to waste a lot of time before we get to Justin Wilson because it doesn't do me a lot of good to sit here and just talk to myself. We're going to let it all out. Justin and I are going to chat. Uh, before we get to Justin, though, of course, have to tell you about our partner, Manscaped. If you've got some hair below the belt, some hair above the belt, and you want to do something about it, something about it, I know where you can go. Manscaped is the perfect spot. They've got you covered. Keep that hair looking nice and trimmed. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and, of course, up top. And i got to tell you what they've done. They've perfected the greatest ball hair, ball hair trimmer ever. With the Lawnmower 3.0, waterproof, includes an LED light, and made with advanced skin-safe technology, reduces nicks and cuts. It's incredible what they're doing. We want you to get involved. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. They do an incredible job taking care of you. I have the Manscaped, or rather the Lawnmower 3.0, and I got to tell you, it's an incredible product. I want you to have it too, and let me know what you think. All right, let's go. Let's talk to Justin. You read his stuff at LA Clippers Film. He is a guest on this podcast every single Sunday. We were hoping to talk to you after this series was over, and that Game 6 would go the Clippers' way, but here we are, Justin, and uh, oh man, um, another one that they've blown, another 16-point lead that they've blown. We're up at halftime. The Clippers curse is alive and well. You look back at 2015 and what the Clippers did there, and they blew that 3-1 series lead, and I said it on the podcast that I recorded by myself on Friday. Um, I'm going to stick by it just because I'm going to stick by it, but that's not the mentality I want to have. But I said if they lose game six, they're done and they're not winning game seven because Denver would have all the momentum, and... It's going to be tough to beat momentum. Um, we're going to let it out, man. That that was bad. That was a disgusting performance. It was pathetic. Um, Doc Rivers needs to learn to stop playing Montrezl Harrell against Jokic. It just doesn't make sense. You look at the plus minus, and we talk about it every single game. And we have said we are not the coaches. We are not as good of coaches as Doc Rivers. But there are some things that are right in front of you that you need to learn and you need to adjust to. And their stubbornness. And right now, Doc is very stubborn with what he's doing with Montrez Harrell. And you've said it all along, man. You've said there's no place for him in this series. And unfortunately, you were right here in Game 6. 
Yeah, that was a um, that was an all time bad coaching game from Doc Rivers, and I think it's so bad that if they lose Game Seven, I don't know how he returns as a head coach. And that may sound extreme, but I, it's it's so grave how. But think that he threw the game away with those um, Trez minutes, man. It's um, I, I I don't know. I'm I'm speechless, and we'll um we'll figure we hey just have to win in advance Tuesday. Win in advance Tuesday, but um it's not looking good. I don't have any faith that they'll win Game Seven, and um I don't I I, I the the pressure is squarely on us. They are playing with house money, and the house is on fire. So we've thrown away two great playoff games from Paul George. Yep. We threw away a classic Kawhi game in Game Five, and it's like. It's like we get up, like we got up 19 today, and then Doc Rivers thinks he can mess around with the rotations. And it's like, no, every single minute in the playoffs matters. This is why I don't think Trez can play at all because he is so bad that even three minute, a three minute stretch, he is hemorrhaging points out there. And it's just gross negligence that he continues to trot him out there. Denver was in the middle of a run. In the, in the fourth quarter today, and he still tr- let Trez play, and we got what we deserved. And I go back to, we were talking via text, I sent you a tweet that I said in February that stated, you know, if we're going to lose playoff games playing Trez and Lou, big fourth quarter minutes, especially Trez, and we're seeing that right now. I mean, this this is what was supposed to happen. He is not a playoff basketball player, and it's hard to it's hard to not think that the game got away from us in the Trez minutes that he was on the floor. So Montrez Harrell was a minus 19 in 15 minutes. That's pathetic. I mean, it's absolutely pathetic. That means the Clippers are being outscored by more than one point per minute. When he is on the floor, Zoo was a plus 11 in 29 minutes. I mean, it really is right in front of you. And uh, uh, there's a lot of blame. I mean, there's a lot of this is on Doc Rivers. I, I mean, I love Doc Rivers. We have said on this podcast that he is one of the best coaches on and off the floor in the NBA. There's no doubt about it. But he is being stubborn as hell right now. And, and it just does not make sense. And here's the issue. The Clippers were up, okay? They were up big. Paul George missed a jumper three feet away on the baseline. Missed another one at the elbow. Zoo was in the game, I believe, at that point. So you're missing shots. You can't go and blame Doc Rivers when shots are missed and you're not extending the lead. Because I've seen on Twitter, I mean, there's a lot of negativity on Twitter. And you say, okay, here we go again. The Clippers are just giving this to Denver. They're not giving it to Denver, okay? They're, they're just not giving it. They're not handing it over and saying, hey, we're going to stop trying. They're missing shots that they do make throughout a game. Paul George missed those two shots. He was 9 of 21 for the game. He shot 43%. Shots will be missed. That will happen, okay? But then to bring in... Zoo with six, or rather, to bring in Trez with six minutes left in the yeah, third this quarter. Was bad. This was bad. This that's inexcusable. Bad. I mean, it, that's that was you terrible. played Zoo for pretty much the entire first quarter, and that lined you up to do it again in the third. And if you want to go and buy him three or four minutes, go ahead and do that. Do it with two minutes left in the third quarter, and with two minutes into the fourth quarter. If you want to play Montrez Harrell against Plumley, go ahead and do it. But with six minutes left in the quarter, to line him up against Jokic makes no damn sense. And then, with two minutes left in the third quarter, you bring Zoo back in. 
and all of a sudden things look better. And then the final possession in the third quarter, you decide to bring Trez in for a lob that was poorly executed from start to finish. And then you start Trez to start the fourth quarter, and I texted you with, I think, 10 minutes left. Denver called the timeout, and I said they need (laughs) to get Zoo on the floor because you know that Jokic is coming back in because Jokic and Murray were out for one possession, and the Clippers cut the deficit, I believe, from four to one. And you knew, you knew, you absolutely knew that Jokic was coming back in. And instead, they allow it for Harrell to get beat. And it, it's set up for failure, man. You've you got to feel for Harrell because he, now he's at the point, Justin, where he's being set up for failure. Um, I, I, I think I, and to that point, I think it's on, it's on Doc to recognize where Trez can be effective. And he's... And I don't mean to be funny, but he's most effective on the bench here. There's no play. We every time, every single second that Trez is on the floor, there is a better option at center that we can go with. You saw even in the fourth quarter, they went with Jamichael at the five with no zoo or Trez, right? And so you can you can even like if if in emergency situations, you could just throw maybe uh, Morris at the center and have Kawhi guard Jokic or something like that. There's just never a place for a big who's that poor of a rebounder, that poor of a defender, and who can't space the floor, and who's also selfish as far as having complete tunnel vision with the ball. And I, I just think that from the moment he got in the game today, he does sneaky little things that just kills your team. Like, even in the very first quarter, I tweeted about it, um, he he was completely out of position in the first quarter. flew flew for a suicide closeout that had no chance of um, having any effect, and he blew a three right then and there. And I, and from that moment on, I was like, he's he can't play. He I, I don't I don't know how much more clear I can make it, and I don't want to make it just about Trez because it wasn't just about him. But it's hard not to think that the Clippers win this game if he just sits on this bench entirely. And so looking forward to game seven, I don't if, if he plays more than five minutes, I, I, I just don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't know. And Doc Doc tries to use the um, the false equivalence of, well, Jokic is doing that to Zoo too, which is which is partly true. But we're not getting destroyed in the minutes that Zoo is on the floor against Jokic. We are getting destroyed against um in in the trez minutes that he's on the floor especially against Jokic, and so it just goes back to a point that i've been saying throughout this entire playoff run which is that every second and every minute of a playoff game is precious you can lose a playoff game at any given moment at any given time so it's on the coaching staff to understand that and to take and to be extremely sensitive to that there is real there is real truth in the in the idea that you'll lose a playoff game with a two minute stretch in the second quarter if you don't close the quarter out well if you don't start the fourth quarter well there's no and they, this this is why I've constantly said that Trez can't play and if he plays in game seven we'll probably lose if we win it'll be complete luck and if he plays against the Lakers it'll be complete luck if we win but it's it's just no there's just no place for him. And um, I think we need to go seven deep game, seven starters, Lou and Jamichael, and just roll. All hands on deck. Yeah, and I'm okay if Shamit plays. Um, I'm okay with that. And there's 
There's a lot gotta that make I want. Shots, man. Yeah, I agree. He's got to make some shots. Agree. And, and there's a lot that I want to react to what you just said. And there's another moment that, as you were talking, I thought of it, and it's when Jokic again was paired with Harrell. I think there was about seven minutes left. Don't don't uh, actually take my word 100, percent but I think there was about seven minutes, seven eight minutes left. Harrell was still in the game, and it was another one out of the timeout. And Jokic goes and hit a, hits a three, and immediately. Dot goes and has Zoo go to the scorer's table. What was the point of starting that out of the break with Harold? What was the point if you were going to go and do something that you know was going to happen? You knew that Harold was going to give up a hoop to Jokic. You knew that was going to happen. And you knew that it, when that happened, you were going to go and bring in Zoo. Why not well, I, start Zoo there? I, I just I know exactly. It doesn't I know make exactly sense. what play you're talking about. It was a pick and pop three with Jokic, right? Yeah, he hit two. He fresh hit, out of a timeout. Fresh yeah. out of a timeout, hit a three, and then all of a sudden, Zoo comes to the scorer's table. Jokic goes and hits another shot, and Zoo is still waiting there at the scorer's table. Did that 30 seconds of rest that you intended for Zoo to have, does that 30 seconds mean that much? No, it doesn't, because guess what? He rested the entire third quarter after he went to the bench with six minutes left in the third. He rested the entire start of the fourth quarter. Get him in the ball game. I, I just do not understand why if you're going to make that sub immediately after one shot is made, which you know is going to happen, why he wasn't on the floor out of that timeout. It doesn't make sense. Uh, a lot of things that he's doing right now doesn't make sense. But, you know, um, I'll say that this is kind of par for the course, man. Oh, yeah. um, of one of the things that... Um, one of the things that I've harped on is process, bad process versus good process. And the Clippers have engaged in bad process all year by not playing Zoo at all in any of the fourth quarters. Yep. When he was been he's been clearly, in my opinion, and I've been on record as saying this, he's been better than Trez all year. All year. And to now all of a sudden, you can see almost the uncomfortableness that Doc has with trying to roll with Zoo all fourth quarter or the majority of the fourth quarter or giving Zoo 33, 35 minutes. It wouldn't have been it won't it wouldn't have been nearly as uncomfortable for Doc had he engaged in this all season. But he didn't. He rolled with Trez who is actually a good regular season player. So it kind of masks a lot of deficiencies that come to light when you're playing a good team every night in the playoffs. So I think, I think you get burned. You get burned when you, um, when, when you engage in bad process and for doc, he's been engaging in bad process with the center position all year. He engaged in bad process with the center position against Dallas and, you know, the Clippers have a Grand canyon size margin for error. It's the only reason why Denver hasn't won this series, and it's the only reason why Dallas didn't beat us in, in round one, because the Clippers are so talented. They are so good. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, 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 if Trez, I, he's going to throw Trez out there in game seven, and it's going to be a roller coaster, and at this point, even if the Clippers win, even if Trez has the game of his life in game seven, none of it matters because we're not going to beat the Lakers playing like this. We're damn sure not going to win the championship having this level of rotations. And, and you know, we, we're, we're, we're working around a minute restriction with Patrick Beverly, which has also been tough. And it's also thrown a wrench into our rotations. But, you know, 
um, championship teams do go to Game 7s. Uh, Kawhi Leonard was in a Game 7 last year in the semifinals and in route, in route to a championship. So it's not the end of the world. The way we got to this Game 7 has surely been uh, chaotic. But here we are. Win Game 7 and you're in a matchup with the Lakers with a chance to go to the finals. I can't say that I'm as optimistic as I normally would be in this situation. But they have the best two players. They have they have Kawhi. They have PG. They're both, I think, in a groove. And I have no hope but to hope for the best. But um, the data the data with Trez on the floor is just so damning that if he plays more than five minutes, we'll probably lose. Yeah, I, I think if you're going to play him, you play him about eight to ten minutes at the very most, which doesn't make sense, by the way. We I still am, I agree with you. I agree with you. There's no place for him right now in this series. It's. It, evident and the thing is that's the most disheartening part about it justin is that it doesn't matter how big the lead is you've been up by 16 you've been up by 19 and you're not going to be up by much more than that and you know that that lead isn't safe and twice they can come back from that with treads on the floor and and that's the most difficult part about it is that you know that doesn't matter what lead you get and the clippers were unbelievable in game one they were awful in game two they won games three and game four okay Then in Game 5, you blow a 16-point lead. Game 6, you blow a 19-point lead. You are the better team in this series. It is that simple. You really are the better team in this series. Frank Vogel made the adjustment to start Markeith Morris, okay? That has helped the Lakers tremendously. Doc Rivers needs to make an adjustment. He needs to stop playing Montrezl Harrell. And if he's going to play Montrezl Harrell, like you said, it's got to be five minutes. It really has to be five minutes. It has to be five minutes. You probably play Zoo, let's say 32-33, give five minutes and the other 10 minutes are split between Jermichael Green and Marcus Morris. It really is that simple. And we are not coaches. We'd say this time and time again. It's tough when you continue to bash coaches. But in this situation, the numbers are so obvious and they're right in front of you. And you know how you can beat Denver. You know exactly how you can beat it. There will be coaches that be dying for the answer to figure out how to beat an opponent. This is right in front of Doc Rivers. And the question is, does he take it? Because... Oh, man. I mean, yes. by, by the way, Zoo was not very good to start the game. He, I mean, he was no, not good no. at all to start the game. And I was about to tweet, this is going to have to be Jermichael Green's game. And then all of a sudden, things started to turn a little bit. Zoo has to be better. I, I mean, Zoo's plus minus was good. There's no doubt about it. Zoo has to be better, too. No, I felt like I felt like this is probably one of his worst games of the year. Just from a finishing standpoint, bobbling passes, turnovers, um, this definitely wasn't one of Zoo's finest moments, um, but that's inherently the point, right? Yeah. Like, like even when Zoo isn't great, they're still winning. He's still, he's still seven feet one. Yeah. He still it has an incredibly high motor, and he still can defend and contain. And and the Clippers, no matter he can be god awful, but the Clippers won't get blown off the floor when he's on the floor. And that's exactly what's happening to Trez. We literally, we literally bring Trez in when we have like a crazy cushion and it still doesn't matter. And if you if Trez can't play when we have a 20-point cushion, then there's no place for him at all. I I, I would I would be anxious to see what his defensive rating was over the last two games. And there's a lot of noise with those numbers, and I'm sure I'll dive into it in a coming day or two. But um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's through the roof. And the eye test supports it. He, do- he doesn't rebound. And this goes back to um, something that I mentioned not too long ago, 
which is that um, Doc has an infatuation with six men. Yeah. And it's and and it's something that um really tanks the team. And it, it and and I I I I ask this, right? So how would you ever find Jamal Crawford on a championship team in their rotation? No. Yeah. Um Lou Williams, Lou Williams is great. He's one of my favorite clippers of all time. But six one guards who don't defend are not that big of a piece in rotations. That's why Houston was so quick to get rid of him, and that's why his playoff numbers as a whole look so bad. And same thing with Trez. Like, like six men are, 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 are a blessing and a curse because you build a reliability to them over the course of a regular season, but they, are, but they aren't sustainable in the playoffs. They, they, they just aren't because normally they're high-volume scoring guys who offer little else if they aren't scoring the ball. And Trez, although he's a big man, he's in the same mode, right? If he's not scoring the ball, if he's not filling it up offensively, which he won't because he's an undersized center against really good teams in the playoffs. If he's not scoring, then he provides little to to no value. So, yeah, I I, I said it when we started, but I don't know how you bring Doc back Um if we lose game seven, just because it's not the losing, it's the fashion that we've lost it in. Yeah. This will be his second. This will be his second series that he's blown being up three one. And this is probably worse than um, than than 2015. So, um, yeah, time to move Sam Cassell to the head coaching chair if we lose Tuesday. <laughs> uh, I think you make an interesting point with the 2015 versus 2020 and, and what would be worse, because. In 2015, I got to tell you, I don't remember the series incredibly well, the X's and O's, but you have an answer here of how to win the series. Uh, in the other series, you had, you had Green, was it oh, uh, Jeff, no, was it Jeff Green? Am I crazy? No, it was Corey, Corey, Corey Brewer, yeah. Josh Smith, Josh Smith, Jason Josh Perry. Smith, who started the J, and who started the J, Josh Smith. You had Josh Smith and Corey Brewer that just went nuts, okay? In, in this series, it's not someone going nuts for Denver. It's you just being awful with Harrell on the floor. And I'm going to give up a couple of numbers here that Justin just tweeted. Jokic on the floor and Zoo on the floor. 61 minutes in the last two games. The Clippers are plus 16. Jokic on, Zoo off, 18 minutes. Denver's plus 38. Jokic on and Harrell on, 16 minutes. Denver's plus 31. So that's 34 minutes where Jokic has been on the floor and, and Zoo has been off the floor. And Denver, I think, is plus 69. I mean, it's really obvious. And then another one he had is that Jokic is shooting 82% over the last two games with Zoo off the floor. 24 points in those 18 minutes. I mean, the it's right in front of you, man. It, it really is right in front of you. And I don't know how many times I can say that. And it, I think that's the most disappointing part about this is that the Clippers can can touch it. I mean, it really is right there. It's someone that has an ice cream cone in front of you, and they put it right next to your tongue, and it's 120 degrees outside, and you you know that it's right there. You, all you have to do is lick it. This one, yeah. all you have to do is bench Marcho's Harrell. I mean, it, it's right there. And and but and while all of those numbers are true and extremely damning, this is why it, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter. But all of that is out of the window in Game 7 because what if Zoo gets in foul trouble for Game 7? 
right? Like, like you had two, you had two golden opportunities here to make the correction that was obvious since the beginning of the season. So now anything can happen in game seven. Somebody can get hurt. Uh, somebody could catch fire from three. Like I said, they, the house is on fire. They are, they are rolling. So like, even if you make the, cor- you can make the corrections and still lose, right? But, but that's good process. But good process doesn't matter now in game seven. So that's kind of why that's I'm just so frustrated, man, because he he may bench Trez in game seven, but we'll still lose. And that may be like, hey, uh, see, I told you moment. But like, no, because once you get to a game seven, Torrey Craig may make three threes and like Lou Williams may not make a shot or like Paul George may go cold again after having two like relatively really good games. Um so you, you get what I'm saying? So like it, Yeah, you've you've done what th- you th- could th- do for two games and then now all of a sudden you're putting it up to chance of somebody getting hot in one game. Well like like I think the best example that I could give to you is Houston played a game seven with a Thunder and the worst shooter in the NBA caught fire in Lou Dort and he almost sent them home. Yeah. Right. And so so when you when you when you play a game seven Sample size is just so small that no data actually data matters, but like people win in spite of data all the time in a one game sample size and the better team does lose in a winner take all one game single elimination like that. So um, it's incredibly uncomfortable to be in, especially considering how preventable this was like we aren't giving ourselves the best chance to win games here. Not close. And and honestly, we we may this may be for the best in the long run if we go on to lose because we just can't afford to bring Doc back if he's going to be this stubborn and this rigid in his rotations, given the data that's in his face. Um, You have Jermichael Green right there. You have Marcus Morris right there. Hell, get flexible like Nick Nurse. Throw Kawhi Leonard at center for some for for like two or three minutes. Um, Anything is better than playing Trez right now. And it, that's just that's just what it is. And he's so rigid in his in that. It, this is this is unexplainable, man. I, I I'll, I'll watch Game Seven. Uh, like I said, I'm not optimistic that we'll win. If we win, great. If we don't, fire him and let's go. All right, let's take a quick break to talk about my bookie. Oh man, the Clippers seem to be eight or nine point favorites every single game. And if you've picked the times or Denver was going to win the game, whether it be game five or game six, you could have won a lot of money on that money line. You really could have. And why are you wasting your time when you can go and take advantage of these opportunities that my bookie has? Whether you want to bet on the NFL, which just kicked back off on Thursday and a full slate of games today on Sunday, whether it's basketball playoffs you want to bet on, whether it's baseball and the World Series that you want to bet on, whether it's the hockey playoffs, the Premier League, which is back, college football, there are so many different sports that you can go and put money on and win. And when I say win, I mean the guys over at Hoopball Gaming are doing such a good job, whether it's Ira or Devin, those guys have been phenomenal and they want to help you win money. And so does MyBookie. Because it's easy there at MyBookie. You bet, you win, they pay. Up to the minute odds on all your favorite teams, all the different sports that I mentioned. It's a chance for you to go and make money. Join today. MyBookie will match your deposit 100%. Plus, they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do, enter the promo code HOOPBALL when signing up. That's the promo code HOOPBALL. 
H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. Remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. Oh, okay, so here's where we're at right now, Justin. We're at the point now where we don't really know what's going to happen in Game 7. We, we just don't. And we're now trying to figure out for the Clippers what you've been waiting so long you as in you as an all clippers fans have been waiting so long for this and you can't say well it might be for the best if they lose this series is what my only side of that because you don't know if you're gonna have Kawhi healthy next year you don't know if you're gonna have pg healthy next year so you don't know year to year what's gonna happen the clippers need to figure it out now they need to figure it out because this may be your best chance of making it to the Western Conference Finals, and the NBA Finals that you may have, who knows, in the next 20 years. You really have no idea. And that's, well, not, Go ahead. Not, I didn't mean to cut you off, no, but ahead. like not only that, you know, it, the goal here is to win a championship, not yes. just to make the Conference Finals. Yep. And in that regard, Steph, Steph will be back. And who knows what the Warriors will do in the offseason as far as acquiring talent to get into that championship contention. Um, out east, you've got Brooklyn that's coming back with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, who will surely be championship contenders. So the field is, is only going to get harder. And I, the time the time is now. Kawhi and Paul George are going to be in the final years of their deals after next season um, with an opt-out. So, like, the, yeah, you're right. The time, the time is now. The time is now. And one of the things that I didn't bring up that I want to bring up now we we keep blowing these leads, right? But what's most what but one of the more obvious things to me is in a game seven, people get tight. There's no way we're gonna get up 16, 19 again. So you're gonna have to really win the game. You just tricked off two chances to win pretty comfortably. And now you're gonna you're in a dogfight. You're gonna have this gonna be a single possession game with like three minutes left to go in the game. And at that point, luck is gonna matter. Right. And you don't want to be in a position where you're lucky to win. And if the Clippers win game seven, it'll be pure luck. It is pure luck because you're not going to get up 16 again. You're not going to get up 19 again. You're you're not. You're not. So now you're going to have to, like, literally fight tooth and nail to win the game. And they have the talent to do it. So if they win, it'll be great. But it's like, damn, man, like, why, 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 why are we here? This is the Clippers' best chance to, to win the NBA Finals. It, it really is the best chance. Forget the fact that Kawhi could be here for the next eight years. Forget it. I mean, it's he assigned a four-year contract with an opt-out after two. It, it's very possible that he opts out after next year. But let's not even bother with that because, by the way, I think it's more likely than not that both of them stay because they want to be in Los Angeles. But this is, like you said, with all the other teams that are getting better, which is why I kind of referred to it, this is the Clippers' best chance. You need to figure it out in Game 7. And uh, I don't want to go down this route, but Kawhi Leonard has been unbelievable. I don't love how silent he is at times. He and Paul George seem very silent for guys that you need leaders on the floor in situations like this. And it's interesting because right now, post-game, they're both talking. And they're both really calm with how things are going. I mean, for PG, he said the locker room has been positive after the loss. And he said we're still in the driver's seat. He said it's not, it's no panic mode. We got a game seven. I like our odds. Doc, by the way, when he was asked by Tomer about the lineup data, he said we do it all. I've got a 1,000 coaches, five analytical guys. I don't think there's anything we don't see. I mean, if you don't see this, and you or you do see it, and you're still doing it, that's just being really dumb. 
I mean, that's it's gross negligence and a fireable offense. If if, if we were going to be honest, yeah. Because now, 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 you're peeing in my ear and tell me it's raining. You, there's no way. There's you, you're you. So you're telling me now that you see the data. So yeah. you see how bad Trez is, and you still throw him out there. Yeah, I, it's time to go. It's time to go. Yeah, Kawhi apparently was. He was asked, "Did he choke?" He said, "We just went cold. Went cold in that third quarter. That's it. Kept getting to the paint, passing the ball. Got a little stagnant. Just couldn't make shots." Um, and also said they got lazy. So take take that with what you want. Um, really bad. There there is one thing that I kind of want to pair with that whole Kawhi and PG being really quiet thing because it really does seem like they're very quiet on the floor. We don't know what they're doing in the huddle and what they're doing in the locker room. But you and I have discussed this before. Pat Beverly really hurt the Clippers today. He really hurt the Clippers. He was reckless defensively. He was really good a couple of games ago. In the last couple of games, actually, he's been good especially, I believe, last game with the way he defended Jamal Murray. But he played 17 minutes today, picked up six fouls. He forced the Clippers to go and play Reggie Jackson and to play and start rotations or have rotations that you don't want to have. And Pat Beverly has helped the defense when he's been in with Harrell. And for him to pick up six fouls in this game is inexcusable. He has to be better. He has to be smarter. And he is the vocal leader for this team. And as the vocal leader, you need to stay on the floor. And that's what I want to say about that. I think I think to that point, I thought Patrick Beverly played an incredibly selfish game today. And 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 oftentimes people associate selfishness with uh, ball hogs shooting all the shots. But if you if you just watch Patrick Beverly, as I've had all year, um, he has a lot of moments where he just does a lot of reckless, dumb shit defensively that really, really jeopardize the Clippers. And it's like, man, why are you reaching 30 feet from the basket, man? And that is a foul. He was hacking all over the place today. And his lack of discipline has hurt the Clippers. It has hurt the Clippers and it, and hurt, and it hurt him today. And to your other point, I think um, by and large from what I've gathered – um, the best, um, the the lead, the real leader of this team this year has been Lou, Lou Williams, and that that can you could argue that that's kind of a problem. You want you want your best players to be the leader of the team and to be one of those um, vo- vocal leaders with some fire. And um, you know, Kawhi Leonard is a two time champion, so you can't second guess how he leads, but. Um, Lou Williams being the leader of this team, the vocal leader, has, it, it's it's something that you know you just you you just think about you just think about. Um, but yeah, I, 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 God, I hope we win Game Seven. There, it, it's going to be insufferable if we lose. Yeah, it, my God, it's going to be really insufferable. I've already been texted by two different Laker fans, and I already blocked them. I mean, I, I blocked them on my phone. I just don't want to deal with it in a group chat. I'm not doing it. And it's uh, this is as a Clipper fan. You wait for moments like this. You had it in 2015. You're one game away and you lost three straight. You have it here in 2020 where you have to do it. You have to win. You're up 3-1. You cannot lose three straight. And for the Clippers, it really is simple. Montrez Harrell can't be on the floor against Jokic. And if he's on the floor, it has to be limited minutes. For the Clippers also, Pat Beverly needs to not be in foul trouble. It really is that simple. You cannot pick up six fouls in 17 minutes. And also... Morris, Zoo, and Beverly can not combine to make three shots. And that's what they did today. Morris was one for five. Zoo was one for six. And Beverly was one for two. Zoo's one for six is not acceptable. 
You are a guy no. who lives by the rim. That is not acceptable. You need to be shooting 60% in the game. And for Marcus Morris, the Clippers do their best. When they kick out to Morris in the open corner for three, he needs to hit at least two or three threes in game seven. And you need to have contributions from someone other than George and Leonard in that starting lineup. I I mean, you could have could have said it better myself. Um, I I don't I don't I don't I, you know I don't worry about the starters. The starters the starters have a great handle on on this series. I I really don't worry about the starters. It's the moment we start integrating the bench yeah. that things start to get things start to go haywire. But it's with the starters. It's with those starters. So that's the, the that's the moment. Is like when the five are on the floor. I don't worry. But when you right. start putting like you said like two or three bench players with those starters, then all of a sudden those starters stop doing stuff. And that's what I'm saying is they need to be better when they're with the reserves. And and I think the most the most damning part is that the reserves are just so much worse defensively. Yeah. Like the moment Trez gets on the floor, the shot quality for the Nuggets just gets ten times easier. Um, and and you know we our support guys the the Zoos the Shamits the Lulz et cetera et cetera. We can't keep getting outplayed by like Michael Porter Jr. Man, he he, he he we can't. We're not gonna. We're not going to win if guys like Gary Harris and Michael Porter Jr. outplay Shamit, Lou Williams, um, Patrick Beverly, etc. But I'll 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 say this. I'll say this. I can't shake myself from thinking that the Clippers will win Game Seven. I'm not. I, I'm not that confident that they will. But I can't shake the feeling that they will. Yeah. Just because, just because they have shown time and time again to be the better team here, and I, 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 I I'm, I'm going to be irrational about this. Let's, I, they'll pull it out. They'll pull it out. Yeah, I agree with you in terms of the fact that they've shown they're the better team. My biggest worry is that they're going to go back to the same old habits, and it's going to be a nine-point game when the bench comes in, as opposed to a nineteen-point game. And you're going to dig yourself in too big of a hole and you're going to get messed up mentally and say, here we go again. Because I think if the Clippers go down big in this game, and, and by big I'm saying between 8 to 12, I'm not sure you come back. And, and so that's the biggest thing for me is that you need to make sure you don't do the same mistakes. And by the way, Jeremy Grant, 0 for 3 today. Millsap, 2 for 5. More likely than not, that's not going to stay the same in Game 7. Okay, You're going to have guys, like you said, they're going to step up. Paul Millsap had 14 points in that third quarter in game number five. Jeremy Grant hit a big three in game number five. These things are going to happen in game seven. You cannot leave yourself for these variables to come up and hurt you. And the team just has to be better, man. They have to be better, the better team in this series. And as awful as today was, um, it's one of those things where you're still the better team. And I said you need to win game six or else you're going to lose in seven. And I am worried, but at the same time, there is part of me that just can't – I mean, it really is something that is – it's like drugs. You just can't get away from it. And and this and the Clippers right now, I just can't get away from picking them in this series because they're the better team. Same. Yeah. Same. I mean, the, look, look, they, they, they've got their work cut out for them. Yeah. But, you know, as long – I think I'm going to – I'm going to say this. Doc Rivers will coach a better game seven. It may not result in a win because you put yourself in a really bad situation, but he will coach a better game seven. He has no choice but to. Uh, the, 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 data is, the data is what it is. 
He said he sees it. This is game seven. It's a win or go home. I fully expect Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Zoo to all play close to 40 or more minutes. I expect Trez to be extremely limited, and I expect to win. I, I, I expect to slam the ball. I, I expect to slam the door on these guys, and I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I think we will win game seven. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb. Oh, Justin, I needed this, man. Uh, I needed this event session because that was just bad. I was unhappy, um, and my wife went to go nap, and I was just there by myself. I needed to talk to somebody and talk myself um, just away from this negative mindset that I was in um, and still kind of am in, but I feel a little better with how we've talked and just how we still think the Clippers have the shot in Game 7 to uh, advance the Western Conference Finals. It's all there for the taking. It's just a matter of actually getting there. And that's the hardest part, man, is actually getting there. Yeah, I mean, you uh, got to – hey, it's beating demons. Beating demons isn't easy. Yeah. And, you know, you breaking curses isn't easy. And they've got a chance Tuesday night. Um, you know, they, they've got 48 minutes. It's 48 minutes in their season – and they've got the talent to do it. Um, as much as I get on Doc Rivers, they've got he's he's a good enough coach to win Game Seven with a with a superior team. Yeah. And and I think his coaching decisions have been the primary reason why we're in a Game Seven. But it also can be one of the primary reasons why we win Game Seven and ultimately win a championship. So this is a this is on one hand this is a really bad situation. On another hand, it's a really great opportunity to show your medal, and it could catapult us, man. It could catapult us. Next series will not be like this, whether it's good or bad. Um, you know, this could be a catapult moment, and it could it could push us into some great some great spots next series. But it could also send us home. But it's right there for the taking, and we'll see what happens. And we'll leave it at that, and we will reconvene um, soon. To discuss this series and discuss what's ahead, um, the Clippers or maybe the off season. Yep, the Clippers and the Lakers would play on Friday if the Clippers win. Um, that's another thing that's obviously disheartening is that the Clippers have now cost themselves two games in a row of extra rest and more wear and tear on the shoulders and legs of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and that's something you don't want to see. Kawhi played 41 minutes today. PG played 39. You could have easily had the series over after five, and you could have rested all the way until Wednesday um, when the Western Conference Finals would have started. Instead, it's going to start now on Friday, and the Lakers are going to have all this time to rest. LeBron is going to go into whatever chamber he's got and uh, somehow turn into Superman, and we're going to have a battle ahead of us. But the battle starts in Game 7. And uh, Justin, appreciate you joining us, man. That, that This was a good chat. Thank you. Thank you for having me, as always. I needed it, and hopefully, you know, this isn't this is the our next pod won't be about the offseason, but it'll be about how we're doing in a series against the Lakers. So here's to game seven. OK, so let's just hope that things go well in game number seven, because that was very tough to handle. And by the way, Justin and I were talking after we finished recording this interview and, or this chat, whatever you want to call it. And there is one thing that I do want to bring up that I make sure we discuss, and that is that Montrez Harrell has been going through a lot off the court. So you can only imagine mentally how difficult this is on him as a person being put in these situations where he is failing and his coach 
is not recognizing it or choosing to recognize it and it's putting them in the situations and it's on a lot of people to be better. It's on Doc Rivers to be better. It's on Montrezl Harrell to be better as a basketball player when he's in. It's on a lot of people to be better as a team. But at the same time, what Justin and I were saying off air is that you don't know how a guy like Trez being benched, how that would work in the locker room. Would that make Kawhi and PG happy if that happened? What's going on behind the scenes? There are conversations we're not privy to. And as a human being on the human being level, because we need to be able to separate being a human and being a fan, you really have to try and understand what Trez is going through. And losing his grandmother and now being on the court in a playoff series being crushed now by fans. You have people that are sliding into his DMs that are going after him. You can only imagine how difficult that is. And I just want things to be okay for Montrez Harrell off the court. Uh, mentally, your mental health is the most important thing. So I want Montrez Harrell to understand that. And we have to be able to criticize the team on this podcast. We have to be able to look at this from on the court versus off the court because Frankly, that's what this podcast is doing. We're going to analyze what's going on on the court. But at the same time, we cannot forget what's going on off the court and what Montrez Harrell is dealing with. So just wanted to put that out there. I think it's important that the conversation that Justin and I had, um, although it wasn't recorded, uh, I think that's something that I wanted to make sure that everybody knows. All right. So we'll be back, obviously, after Game 7. Who knows how that will go. It'll be Tuesday at 6 o'clock on ESPN. We'll be back after that to discuss how things go. Before that, hit me up on Twitter, at BDMarcus, M-A-R-C-U-S. Of course, Hootball Clips is the Twitter handle. Make sure you check that out as well. And give us a five-star rating and review the podcast as well on iTunes. It really would mean a lot. So until next time, hang in there, Clippers fans. we still got one more chance to send this to the Western Conference Finals and get the Clippers there for the first time in franchise history to take on the Los Angeles Lakers. Hang in there. Until then, go Clips. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.